Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of Operation Grassroots here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, and we're going to be talking Briggs and Stratton here today. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully, you're dialing into the new app that we have that you can download from iTunes or Google Play, uh, the EKN Radio app. But uh, today, as I said, Operation Grassroots, all about essentially the 206 movement and what it's done to really uh, explode the sport again, getting people back off the couch, old racers coming to run. That's kind of the focus of our Operation Grassroots. And today's episode, I'm digging it because there's an event that's really started to take off when it comes to adding prestige and really just tremendous competition for four-cycle racers in North America. And I'm talking, of course, about the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals. Uh, the second running of the event uh, just about, what, uh, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, three, uh, three weeks ago uh, at Newcastle Motorsports Park, and an amazing event. And we're going to get a chance to talk to the promoter, uh, Greg Jasperson. Greg, um, you know, throughout the year, you guys run your Cup Carts North America Series. Uh, but, man, this finale, you know, you and I talked. We did a podcast already before the, before the event. We talked about how big could it be. Well, man, you know, I, I was, we were at the streets of Lancaster, David Cole and I covering that race, but the whole time we were there, I had the race monitor opening open and I'm kind of following on race monitor. You guys got huge numbers and tremendous racing. Yeah, no, the turnout was uh, exceptional. We were really happy that uh, the majority of the folks that had come and run with us last year, a lot of them came back and uh, take another crack at it. And we had a lot of new faces. So um, yeah. And the racing, like you said, was incredible we had some of the closest battles i've seen in 10 15 years on a kart track you know the funny thing is we've had some really good events uh, you know the, the 206 program for, from briggs and stratton really has kind of fired people up it's bringing more people back to the track uh you know quincy the, the quincy grand prix had a ton of guys running briggs whether it was straight up briggs classes or the margay ignite same went for battle of the brickyard you know classes with 30 plus 40 plus 50 plus drivers Rock Island, of course, now rolling into its 25th year next year, really kind of uh, stabilizing itself thanks to the 206. So many 206 entries. You and I have both uh, attended and participated in that race before. But let's just put it straight up. Essentially, this you guys essentially had the biggest four-cycle race that we've had in, I don't know, how many years? 20 years probably? Has it been that long since we've had anything as big as you guys? How many num- what, what were the numbers, the final numbers? And let's talk about that, the enormity of it. Well, you know, I mean, as far as final numbers, um, you know, we had hoped to get to 200 entries and we got really, really close. Uh, I believe it was in the high 190s. Wow. Uh, we, we did come a couple short of that 200 goal that we kind of joked about. But the thing that I really thought was uh, impressive was of those call it 200 entries, uh, it was, I believe, 185 plus or minus one or two that were unique drivers. Yeah. So there were only a few people that actually ran multiple classes. We had that many individuals that came to race. Well, you know what? I, 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 I think I'd, I would have loved you to you guys have hit the 200, but that's going to leave a really nice target for next year, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're going to get 200 next year, maybe 250, maybe 300. Um, what do you, is that like the new goal? Is the new goal 250 or is the, is the new goal 300? Can, well, you, can you do can you do 300? Well, yeah, we could do 300. I've got no oh, questions wow. about that. Uh, I would say the goal right now is 250. You know, we always, you know, we're going to push for more and more. Obviously, we're going to try to hit that 300 number. But um, I think realistically, 250 is the goal. You know, we want to make sure we have a sustained growth with the event. Exactly. Just yep. to make sure that we don't, you know, overtax people. You know, we have had a lot of people ask us to tweak a few things so it's possible for them to run multiple classes. 
So that's something we are considering for next year. Um, but at the same time, we don't want to make people feel like they need to run two classes because it, it does cost more money to do that. Uh, I'm, I have no doubt that you probably took a little bit of time off because <laughs> after the race, because I know that the amount of work that goes into putting these races on, nobody really realizes it. Now, they roll in with a truck and trailer, whatever it may be, and they unload and, oh, this is easy. It's a club race. You know, we're just racing. No, to, to put a race on of that magnitude with the sponsors and partners that you have with the staff and everybody you have to uh, have to bring together to put a race of that magnitude on, I'm sure you probably had a bit of a break. Did you take a couple of weeks off to kind of just decompress and not talk about karting for a little while? Yeah, that's kind of been the last, at least the the first two weeks afterwards. Um, as soon as I got home, I had to jump back and do my real job for a few yeah, days. Yeah. Um, you know, my boss was gracious enough to let me take almost a week off leading up to the event so I could make sure we had all the I's dotted and T's crossed. Um, so I've, I've been catching up on work uh, just the last day or two. I've been kind of digging back in, working on, you know, next year's schedule, some uh, special stuff that we're going to try to do for grand. So uh, we're back full steam ahead now. Yeah, I'll, pr- I'll push you on that a little bit later on in the, in the podcast here in the interview. We'll talk more about 2019. Let's go back and talk about the race itself. Um, I know that we have a report. By the time this probably gets out on, on the ECAN radio network, we'll already have the race report uh, that you guys have helped, uh, that you guys have put together up on uh up on EKN. Uh, let's just talk, first of all, let's talk about the atmosphere. Um, you know, again, I, I wasn't able to be there, but I've talked to a lot of people, uh, obviously watched a lot of videos. A lot of people were on social media, which is so cool. There was, you know, people were, were actually live streaming some of the, you know, for the driver's meeting. Talk a bit about the atmosphere because it just seemed like everybody came in and said, man, you know, we're just going to have a great time. This is our race. You know, there's big national races for two-cycle, shifters, Scusa Pro Tour, whatever you're racing, right? The big, nat- there's b- big races too, but for just four cycle guys, it just this is their race, and it just seems like the atmosphere was absolutely electric. Well, and that that's really the one of the biggest things that we try to make sure that we continue to do is that we want people to come and have fun. You know, I, we it's a competitive race; it's a national. We get it, but first and foremost, you know, only one person gets to win each class. So there's a very good chance that there's going to be a lot of other people that weren't happy with how the weekend went as far as how the <laughs> racing went. Uh, right. We, we want to make sure those guys and girls have a great time throughout the weekend. So that's why we try to make sure we keep it light and fun. Um, you know, our race staff is as helpful as they can be. You know, if someone needs some help, needs some time, we will do anything we can to accommodate people You know, within reason. Well, you know, one of the cool things about having major events and, you know, David Cole and I mentioned this particular concept all the time is that numbers breed numbers. You know, once you've got 20, you get 25. Once you're 25, you're 30. Once you're 30, you're 40. You know, you had, I think, was it 47 drivers in your uh, CIK class this year, which is absolutely tremendous. People are going to see that there's going to be 60 next year. You know, there's going to be more guys in Masters. Um you know, I know, I know a couple of guys came down from Canada and, you know, they're going to go back up. That's a hot bit of 206 racing in Canada. You go to any one of their major races up in Canada and you're getting 20 to 30 in every, in every category in, in 206. Um, the cool thing about a big race like that is you talk about people having a good time. It's that, it's that even if you're running 25th or 35th, there's packs that you're going to be racing in. It's not, you know, you're going to go down there. You're not going to run for a race wins. It's going to be tough. You know, there's a certain amount of guys that can win races at that level because the competition you guys were able to bring in was big. But for anybody who wants to go to this race and put it on their schedule for 2019, you're going to be able to go and you're going to go wheel to wheel. Wherever you are in the pack, you're going to have someone to race with. Well, absolutely. You know, and that's it. a lot of people commented on that, actually. You know, they yeah, they come from it was their first time racing with us and they come from a club of 10, 12 carts, something like that. And whether they were a front runner at their club or a mid pack person, uh, 
no matter they they weren't used to running with that many carts um yeah. and, and it actually went very well but they that a lot of people made the comment of i've never had to deal with traffic every lap um so so you know racecraft wise uh, a lot of people came up to me at the end of the event and said you know beyond the learning in the tire or the setup or anything like that they learned a lot physically on just how to race because they had never been in that circumstance before that's awesome. Hey, listen, we're going to get into uh, talking a little bit about some of the competition. Folks, stick with us. More to come. I've got Greg Jasperson here. We're talking about the Cub Carts North America Grand Nationals uh, last weekend of September uh, at Newcastle Motorsports Park, an amazing event, taking another step forward in its growth. Uh, we'll talk more. We'll talk actually about some of the racing. I'm going to get Greg to give me some of his input on some of the races he thought were the best. Stick with us. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? In a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the lightest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tenth, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sport racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Allen Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Sabre Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866 866- 607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. History, success, family. Those are the three words that describe Comet Cart Sales, one of the longest tenured carting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation is located just outside of Indianapolis, and they have provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers throughout their near six decades of business. Comet's online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. Comet Cart Sales attends dozens of karting events every year, offering trackside service for racers and families. Karting veterans Mark Dismore Jr. and Gary Lawson provide one-on-one driver coaching and tuning assistance for each trackside customer. 
the engine building business, Comet Racing Engines, has won countless major events and championships over decades of karting, and they continue to offer the best trackside service in the industry. Make sure you head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be a part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the EKN Radio Network. It's the podcast today, Operation Grassroots, episode number six. If you're an Operation Grassroots fan, you know that we focus on the Briggs 206 program, which is just obviously exploding all over uh, North America. Just we're seeing so much growth that everywhere I've got an, an article actually will likely be up on the website already, uh, kind of updating on some of the cool programs that are seeing growth because of 206. This is one of them, obviously, Cup Carts North America. I've got Greg Jasperson with me. Greg, I want to talk about the competition itself now. We don't need to go in class by class. Who, you know, it's not. This isn't a debrief. We're not going to break down every race. But I'm sure you got a chance to watch a lot of it. it sometimes you don't get to watch as much as you want because you're probably, you know, putting out fires. Uh, but were there some? Was there some racing? Were there some battles that you can look back on and go, man, I really enjoyed watching that fight. Um, quite a few, actually. Um, nice. You know, okay, the the. The first one that comes to mind was just basically all the heat races in the um, CIK senior class. Um, With that many drivers, you kind of expect there to be some, I'm going to use the term carnage, even though I like (laughs) to use that as a promoter. Um, (laughs) I I, I was very impressed with the level of driving. Um, You know, the first maybe heat throughout all the classes that it was, you know, there were some people kind of testing the boundaries and figuring out how to run in packs like that. Um, yep. But throughout the day, it got cleaner and cleaner. Um, and, you know, there were just some awesome battles uh, all the way through the pack. But especially the, you know, the top five guys were just battling back and forth, but very, very cleanly. It was uh, really nice to watch. You know, in looking at the CIK, uh, you know, the report, the cool thing, and I love seeing this, and it's so many different chassis brands battling as well. You know, you've got had the VLR there, MGM, Comet. Um, we had the FA, the, the Fernando Alonso cart, the Ricardo for Mark Steele. I love seeing that cross section of so many different chats. And I know Coyotes were strong all weekend long. Ionic Edge as well. Um, it, for me, just to see all the different chassis, I think that's big for a race like yours. Oh, absolutely. You know, and we've been striving to try to find the way to get the chassis manufacturers involved with this. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a tough business for everybody right now. And, you know, so they're not always able to write a check. Um, and that's not necessarily what we need. A lot of the times it's just supporting their own racers that are uh, coming down to race with us. And we're yep. seeing more and more of that. You know, Coyote's been a strong supporter. MGM came on this year. Ionic Edge has been, you know, with us for quite a long time. And, and the really cool thing that we liked to see this year, um, I don't have all my notes right in front of me to say it for sure. But as I remember, we had five different chassis manufacturers that won a class. Yep. And I believe only two manufacturers actually had multiple wins everything else was spread out one per so it was a very competitive it wasn't you know there was a certain chassis that dominated across the, the board um you know but you know we had the vlr guys show up they want to class you know it, yep. it was just very very cool to see vlr with one win arrow with one win emic in kid cart i want to know where that emic came from i think that's fantastic two wins for comet and two wins for mgm so you're right spread across you know five different manufacturers uh, that's big, no doubt about it. And I think that the growth of 206 is kind of getting people more excited about four cycle racing, obviously. And that's open the door for some of these manufacturers. And especially, and I love this. I love domestic manufacturers. I've always thought it was great. My, my first cart was an MXK. Um, 
But to see the guys from MGM and Ionic Edge and Coyote, you know, I love seeing guys that are building chassis in the U.S., they're able to run up front. I think that's key. I love to see that. Well, and one really interesting thing, and I'm not going to name names on the manufacturers because I guess I didn't get their permission to to put this out there. But uh, in talking <laughs> to two of the chassis manufacturers that weren't necessarily sponsors, but they were there, um, one of them told me that they sold 15 chassis directly because of their performance at our event. Um, and the other one told me it was 12. So that's well, 17 so- brand new chassis that went out because people either were going to the race and knew that they would run competitively or because they saw the results at that event and decided that's what they wanted for their next cart. That's uh, that's pretty big. That's the old uh, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. Yeah. I like to, uh, I love hearing that. That's fantastic. Now, any, are there any other battles you want to talk about? Or, you know, for sure I want to talk about you guys having to kick out the cash to Gary Lawson for being the hometown hero. Well, yeah, you know, Gary, uh, Gary put on a show, you know, and that, that final race, I, I didn't get as much time to stand out there and shoot videos. I like, I got some and I've actually been working on putting together, you know, oh, a, a short video just of some of the, the better shots I got, but quite frankly, I didn't get as much footage as I want, but I was fortunate enough to be standing dead center in the middle of the track for the last lap and a half of the, uh, CIK final and yeah. the show that Lawson and Warren put on in that last lap, lap and a half was amazing because they gave each other just enough room to do what they did. Um, I can't remember if it was three or four or five times that they passed each other back and forth in that last lap, but it was a photo finish at the end. Um, We actually, you know, I I actually went back to the video on my computer and zoomed in on it because what what my naked eye saw wasn't what the transponders saw, but the video proved that it was right. And uh, but it was just an awesome, awesome finish. That's awesome. I love I love hearing that. And you know what? I think in, in looking at the report that you guys uh, get, you know, provided to us to put on EKN, you look at the names, and it's the guys that are winning everywhere. You get the Colin Warren. You know, obviously started the season off winning the championship at the Scusa Winter Series, dominated. I think he, sw- he swept all the races. I think he won all four main events. Um, you got Gary Lawson coming back easily. Um, well, Hall of Fame status when it comes to karting, right? This guy's a legend. He's won so many events, so many Rock Island Grand Prix. The guy's just a legend. And then you throw in guys like Jordan Bernlauer. You, you throw in David Vasquez, who's just who's been the you know the guy kind of on fire uh, on the West Coast. Um, you get some guys coming down from Canada as well. You've got Steve Kilsdonk, who is always up front anytime you go four cycle racing. I just lo- I'm looking down at, at at the names you had. And I love it. It's a who's who of four cycle racing. This really has become kind of the race. I know that's what you wanted. You wanted it to be the Grand National. You wanted it to be the, you know, such an unofficial national championship for four cycle racing. And you drew guys in from Florida. You drew guys in from California. You know, you're going to have Texas next year. You're going to get some guys from the Pacific Northwest. That's where your growth is going to come from, I think. People wanting to come out and challenge themselves. You know, um, throughout the course of the race, and I haven't done it myself, but our announcer was actually going through and kind of tallying off seeing how many states we had covered and i believe he said we had 29 or 30 states that were represented at the race wow which that's amazing yeah i i was blown away by that number but you know you're absolutely right with some of these drivers that we're pulling in um from all across the country um and yeah there are some big names you know i mean you know you've got guys that are coming from florida you got guys that are coming from texas but you know, someone like David Vasquez, even, you know, I mean, the race that he put on, um, both he and Jordan Bernlauer, another driver you mentioned, had a mechanical in um, the pre-final that took them from a top four, top five cart, and they had to start in the back of the feature. Um, Vasquez came all the way back, and I I want to say, I don't have the results in front of me, but I want to say he finished fourth. 
fourth, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from last. Yeah, and he started out of a 47 cart field. He started like 39th or 43rd or something yeah. like. That. I mean, the, so yeah, incredible. There, there are there is that caliber of driver there too, but at the same time, we do see where we get some of these um, drivers who haven't competed on this level yet. Um, that are able to go up there and race with these guys. You know, the package with that Briggs and Stratton has provided um, and the multitude of chassis and things that come where people are able to find something that fits them instead of having to buy something that fits the class. It really does bring a level of competition. You know, in looking at the, the all, kind of the all-star lineup, it's almost the same in the Masters category as well. You look at the guys that were so good. You know, Jeff Scott has been, you know, he's the, he's the rock star to Quincy, right? race winner at rock island uh you know you and i've raced against jeff several times i think both of you guys passed me i believe on the last lap at rock island a couple of years ago steam steamrolling me if i remember might have happened <laughs> yeah i think it did it's it's me not blocking in turn one like i should have probably um but you, you know you then you pull into the the big guns from canada and jamie MacArthur and steve mcavoy as well you know you got michael welsh like how many rock island wins does michael michael have plus he's your champion uh from the champions cup that I'm looking at the Masters category, and man, that was stacked as well. It's crazy. Well, you know, and Masters is one of those classes that we were really, really excited to see show big growth this year. Um, you know, you and I both sadly fall into the Masters category now most of the time. Not sadly, proudly. <laughs> proudly, so, Greg. <laughs> you know, so um, I, I personally, even though I don't get to race in my own series, I, I love seeing that class grow because, you know, a lot of the times as we get older, you know, we – uh lose the time to go and race the way we do, or the kids take the priority. Um, so we don't spend as much time racing ourselves and seeing that many people come out and, and truly put on an excellent show. You know, I mean, ma- masters races, you know, at least the ones that I've attended, you know, usually it's a level of sportsmanship out there that um, you just don't find anywhere else. And I was really happy to see that this group in particular really took that uh, to heart. I mean, they went out and raced hard, but it was really clean, really excellent racing. I, and I agree with you about that. And I'll tout that all day long. One of the number one thing I think I, lo- I like to talk about karting is the fact that, yeah, you know, everybody looks at junior carters, right? And yeah, they're trying to get become race car drivers or it's the kids. Karting was started for adults back in the fifties. And it, it was, you know, and that, and you look at guys like Lynn Haddock and these late and Lake speed when they were superstars, they weren't in their teens. You know, they were twenties and thirties. And that's what I love about karting. It still brings back all these guys that are in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Hell, we were at Streets of Lancaster, and Stu Hayner won the uh, the Masters race in KA100, and he's 69 years old. I love the simple fact that Masters is, is really starting to pick up a lot of pace. You had 34 drivers in your Masters cat class. You're going to have more next year for sure. This is I, I, Masters is so important to our sport because they're not going anywhere. It's not like a junior who's going to race for a bit and maybe go do something different. Or they're going to make that move to cars, whatever they decide to do. You know, the Masters guys are here because they want to be, and they're racing on their own dime. And because they got to work on Monday morning, that's why it's such good racing. That's why you and I can go wheel to wheel with Jeff Scott at Rock Island for for fifteen laps because we trust each other. And I love that. That's huge. No, absolutely. And I, I do think Masters is one of those classes that we're going to see grow. You know, and talking to uh, quite a few of the Canadians uh, that joined us. Um, a lot of those guys were really pumped about how that class in particular went, the ones that participated in that. And um, they're, they're going to help us try to even drum up some more participation from our uh, friends up north. Let's talk a bit about the staff you brought in. I know you have a great staff already. 
Uh, you added a couple guys to the staff. Um, let's talk about that a little bit and what they were able to bring to the table this year. Well, yeah, you know, a, a, an event of this size takes extra people. Um, you know, we I've been fortunate with the staff that I've been able to uh, run our divisional series with, um, but absolutely no fault of their own. You just need more bodies for something like this. Um, yeah. So thankfully, Rick Folks, um, as well as Jim Fry and Jason Burgess were willing to come on board um, and really help us um, add a level of professionalism to the event and, and not by doing things any differently than we had done them before. Quite frankly, we did things the same way we've always done them. Um, but we just had more bodies, more people. Um, so if someone had a concern, um, you know, have, having essentially two race directors, you know, one of them could go and address that concern without leaving the track unattended. So it, it, yeah. it helped us stay on time. Um, I don't think we fell more than five minutes behind all weekend. Um, which is, you know, an wow, a, event of that size is one of the one of the more impressive things I think we accomplished. But I mean, agreed. Tr- truly, you know, it, don't get me wrong. There's racers. There were complaints. Um, but I think everyone had them addressed in a way that they were OK with. Um, and everyone ended up having a great weekend. I think the cool thing, Greg, is you you obviously identify the fact that you're going to have more, you know, you had a significant growth. You're almost 200 drivers. You're going to need more manpower. But the key was, and this is why I kind of wanted to bring it up, is that you decided, hey, you know what? We're going to invest in this race, and I'm going to bring in some top guys. You know, they're going to, you know they're going to be able, able to integrate with the staff you already have, which is fantastic. But you went out and got some top guys to come in. They integrated well. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why, like you just said, your your race stayed on time. And that's that's impressive. I think it's really impressive. Well, you know, and, you know, having someone like Rick who's been, you know, he, he's done so many of the events. I mean, he's seen it all, done it all. Um, just knowing how to handle situations if they arose. And I don't think there was anything too tricky he had to deal with. But still, just having someone with that confidence and able to handle the people while, you know, our other race director, Marshall, was able to keep his eye on the track helped great. Um, and people having the response we got from Jason and his I'm going to call it flagging antics with all due respect. Um, I'm still getting people that are commenting on photos and things of him. Uh, They were just amazed by, you know, how into it he is and how passionate he is about the sport. You know what? It's, it's really cool because on a regular basis, I get to see a couple of the guys, right? You see, uh, obviously Jason's fantastic. It just, it's man, he's just, it's awesome to watch. Right. And then you've got Aaron Likens as well, who does all the Supercarts USA stuff. It's that animation. They're just so into it. I love it. And the video, you know, not the so much of videos, but the photos we've seen of Jason up in the air, you get to see legs up in the air. He's probably what, almost five and a half feet in the air, whatever way when those flags, it just adds, it adds a component, you know, and, and you've got that, you've got him, you got Dave McIntyre on the mic who does such a fantastic job as well. You know, to have those little elements, just kind of round everything out, give it that professional feel. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know, and that's stuff that we're going to continue striving to improve on. Um, I think we did a good job of it this year, but next year we're going to continue to increase that level of professionalism because quite frankly, the racers deserve it. I agree. All right, let's take another quick break to we'll wrap things up. I'm going to start uh, asking Greg a little bit about 2019. He's got a couple of things he can tell us about, I think. Not a ton because he did take some time off. Well-deserved, of course. But when we get back after this break, we're going to talk 2019 next year's Grand Nationals with Greg Jasperson. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TB Cart USA. Within a sea of mainstream chassis, TB Cart USA is taking the American karting market by storm, winning races all over the country. We have a full lineup of chassis for all categories, beginning with our kit and cadet carts. For Yamaha and Tag, we offer our S55 line of chassis. And for the shifter drivers, our TB Cart 
S197 is the perfect fit. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, you need our purpose-built four-cycle chassis that's based on our proven TB-Cart S55 geometry. If you're looking for a team to race with, give us a call. We offer all levels of support, local and national events. We are here to help get you your personal racing program to the next level. Team TB-Cart USA is here to work with you in achieving your goals. For more information, check us out online at www. TBCarUSA.com. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 carding gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, You're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but is easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit K1RaceGear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season. Are you a four-cycle racer looking for an awesome event to cap off your 2018 season? Do you love street races? If so, then head south in November to the Inverness Grand Prix. The Inverness Grand Prix Motorsports Festival is coming to downtown Inverness on Friday and Saturday, November 16th and 17th. It's the only karting street race in the southeastern U.S., and it's going to be fun and a family event. With classes as AKRA Briggs 206, clone categories, and challenging street track for five turns, the Inverness Grand Prix is the most attended event. There are cadet, junior, and senior master classes, so it's open to anyone 10 years of age and older. There's a free Friday night street concert with the Spasmatics and food trucks on site. For more information and registration, go online to InvernessGrandPrix.com. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, episode number six of the Operation Grassroots. We're talking Briggs 206, and we're talking the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals taking place at the end of September. Fantastic event, almost 200 entries, tremendous racing, and the bottom line, just a big step forward for four-cycle racing here uh, as we end uh, start getting close to the end of this particular decade. Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America joining me here. We've talked about some of the racing, talked about some of the staff he brought in. Greg, I know you took a took a, a well-deserved break a couple of weeks after that event to kind of reset, uh, spend some time with the family, get back to work, and uh, you know help uh, pay off the, the 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 boss who let you get away for about a week. Um, let's talk about 2019. Uh, first off, let's before we go Grand Nationals, let's talk a little bit about your Cup Carts North America series. You ran two series last year, I believe, a, a North and a Central. What's the plan for 2019? Well, you know, our Champions Cup series is going to continue on again in 2019. You know, we had a great response. People enjoyed it. We had great racing. Um, 
but the really drive up the numbers, uh, we, we spent a lot of time thinking about it. We spoke with a lot of our sponsors and quite frankly, they all agreed with us. So we're going to recombine both series. Um, there is only going to be one division, uh, for, of the champions cup next year. Okay. Uh, and obviously dates will be coming out soon. It's, I know that anytime you do something like this, I think you had four, you had what, four races North four central. One of them was the same race. So there's going to be a couple of tracks that are probably going to be on the out for next year, but potentially coming back in years uh, in future. Have you decided on any tracks yet? Are, are there any you can say, hey, we're going to for sure? You know, not yet, simply because I'm still kind of working with some of the tracks and out of respect to okay. them. I don't want to go too far into that, but you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, our, our plan is to do five divisional races um, and we will allow one as a drop. So, you know, a racer can hit four races instead of five if one is too far for them, because kind of the way we're looking at this is um, we know we'll be able to increase the numbers, which is what everybody wants. Um, but there might be a race on the calendar that's a lot further drive than they were used to last year. So we wanted to make sure yeah. that if someone wanted to skip one, they could. Um, but as far as picking tracks, you know, it, it's going to be a difficult process. Um, <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> you know, I, I all, all the tracks that we've partnered with are great. They all support us in their own individual ways. Some of them go extremely far out of their way to make us feel welcome and to help us. But, I mean, long, long story short, you know, we, we need to look at how well the races were attended, how much it cost to put an event on there. Yep. Um, another thing that we want to look at, too, is the local support. We want to know how many racers of their club or from their area not only ran that event, but maybe some of the other events, because we want to try to help mm -hmm. them pay it back to those clubs that are helping, you know, that are letting their racers come and support us. Um, and finally, we're going to look at, you know, how, how long of a drive is it? We, we don't want to have, you know, we've got a lot of guys coming all the way from the East Coast. That means I can't have four events, you know, in Iowa, you know, so yeah. we, we have to really be conscious of it. So it's, it, it's a it's actually a lot more work than I thought it was going to be to narrow it down to five tracks. So we're, we're taking our well, time and we're going to get it right. It seems like the right criteria for sure. You know, you're, you're, you're looking at the right things. I love the fact that you're saying, you know, you got to go to the clubs where the, the, those club guys are supporting what you do. It's something I encourage so much. If you're a club racer somewhere, folks, and if you're a club racer in this area and you're listening to the podcast, put these races, those champions cup races on your schedule for next year. That's how you develop as a driver. If you're struggling, finishing sixth and seventh at your club, go run some regional races, learn, pick up your game and then go back to the club. You're going to find yourself on the podium. So I hope to see more guys come out and, and, and support your program, but I think you're right. You got to go to your core competencies, right? You got to go to your, and you got to go to your customers and say, Hey, where do we need to, where, where do you want to go? Where, you know, what's right for us. I, I think your criteria is all right, Craig. I'd love to hear that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be a little bit of a process to do it. Um, you know, and one of the things we're doing, um, and in fact, I believe it's going to go out on Monday. I'll have to double check, but we're actually sending a survey out to, uh, we'll, be, we'll, nice. we'll be sending two of them out. We'll actually be sending one to everyone who participated in grants just to get some general feedback. But we're going to send a little bit more in-depth one to all of our divisional participants, folks that raced more than one race. Um, just, you know, find out their opinion. I don't get a chance to talk to everybody. I talk to a lot of them. Um, but I don't get a chance yep. to talk to everybody. So there might be issues at a track I don't know about, or, you know, quite frankly, there might be a track we haven't gone to yet that we really need to go visit. So, um, hmm. we're at, at this point, everything's on the table. You know, there's, there's one or two tracks that I know for sure we're going to hit. Um, but for the most part, we really, you know, I want to say everything's on the table right now. Cause I want to make sure what we put on for 2019 is as good as it can possibly be. 
do you feel that the the uh, the success you had at the Grand Nationals are you going to draw some more guys from that program that ran with maybe didn't run with you before are going to say you know what I like what these guys are doing I'm gonna you know, I support the Grand Nationals they're putting all this time in I'm going to go run some of their Champions Cup races is that some conversations you may have had trackside at Newcastle Yeah absolutely you know we um there's actually one family in particular whose name escapes me right now but um Grands was actually their first or second race back in karting in five ten years. Um, and they had just, you know, they, they had ran one club race and heard about it and signed up and decided to go. And, uh, they said throughout the course of the weekend, they had already made the decision as a family that, you know, they were still going to race at their club. Uh, but they were going to make sure that they came and hit all of our races because they just liked the environment. And, and, you know, we do hear stories like that all the time at a big race like that, where people want to come and, you know, and, and sometimes quite honestly, it's people that tell me, you know, we can't make all of them, but we're going to make the two closest to us, or, you know, we're going to make, you know, this track and this track, because we used to love racing there. So, um, yeah, we do get that. So a big race like Grants is good advertisement for our divisional series. I love it. All right. So let's talk 2019. Um, any th- first off, what's the date for 2019? Do you have that locked in yet? Maybe. Yes. Maybe. All right. All right. A definite, ma- a definite maybe. <laughs> no, no. The, the the date is locked in. I just like giving you a little bit of grief about it. Um, All right. It is going to be October fourth through sixth, two thousand nineteen. So we are actually running one week later. I'm sorry, October fifth through no, no, fourth through sixth. Um, we okay. are actually running one week later, and uh, we're doing that because we've got some special guests that we wanted to come in. Oh, David Cole and I are coming for sure. I'm I'm super excited about that. It's. Uh, that's you know I'll put that in the schedule. I'm locking that date in. David and I are both going to race. I'm I'm super. Hopefully I'll be able to sit down and maybe do some PA announcing with uh, with Dave. Uh, Dave's a good buddy of mine and he's uh, he's awesome at it. So ah dude that we're super excited. It's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to draw some guys from Canada. We're going to get the Canadian crew coming down to battle it out as well. Now anything else in the works? Is there anything in your mind? I, don't, I know it's too early to say hey we got this going, Rob. We got that going. Is there anything that you say to yourself? Hmm, I'd like to. This is this is my next thing I'd like to raise the bar on. Well, you know, class structure is one thing that we're constantly battling okay. with. Uh, if, you know, I, I'm not going to ever say we have it right, but do we have it as good as we could? Um, and I was super impressed um, at Grands to see that, you know, we have the majority of our classes are open body work where you can run the, uh, you know, the old big uh, fiberglass yep. nose style or the CIK. Um, and we had some some of the classes where there were guys with full CIK setups that were running competitively right up front with all the guys with the bodywork. Uh, quite frankly, the sportsman class, uh, the, the uh, Adams who won, he was running a full CIK card against, I think the next eight or nine carts back were all full body. So wow. um, okay. it, it really, I don't want to say dispelled some of the feelings that people have about the bodywork being an advantage or not. Um, but what, what it did for me is kind of show that, you know, we maybe need to add some more options. So we are looking at adding a second CIK class. Um, okay. I don't know at what weight age yet. We're, we, we haven't really been able to go through and figure out the best way to do that. Um, but that's one thing that we're looking at. Um, okay. So, but still potentially like a CIK medium and a CIK heavy. That kind yeah, of thing. something like that. Okay. Um, you know, we, we, we don't want to add too many classes. That's one of the things no, that we're pretty picky about. We want, we want to keep it to, you know, seven, eight classes at most is kind of the goal that we've always had. Um, mm-hmm. and at this point, I don't want to, you know, we're not going to exclude anybody, anybody who's been racing with us, we're going to make sure that there is a, a class for them to continue racing with us in. Um, but yeah, we might, we might shuffle the deck a little bit there. Um, just to give some, not only to give opportunity for people to come in and race, but you know, the, we've had a large majority of drivers ask us, especially in the senior division to 
find a way to give them a second opportunity to race in an event like that. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, what about, you know what, how about this? Let me give you an opportunity to thank some of your sponsors. I was going to say, Hey, what do we do to get more sponsors, more of the industry to support this program? You know, here's how we do. First off, are there some sponsors that you really want to mention right now? Well, absolutely. I mean, from this year. Yeah. I mean, we were graced with sponsors this year. Um, you know, every single class had a sponsor. Um, and I won't go into every class that was sponsored, but you know, I mean, CK, you know, we had CKT that was a class sponsor. We had Coyote Motorsports, Viking Cart Products, Faster Motors. Um, let's see who else. We had CRP Racing that was a class sponsor. Uh, Trudel Performance actually uh, came on at the last minute for the Grands. Uh, they sponsored the Kid Cart class. They actually paid for all the tires for every Kid Cart competitor in that class. That's so, awesome. I remember you, you told us that at the, at the last podcast we did, and I think that's tremendous. I love that support. That's exactly. Great. You know, Zamp Helmets was a big supporter. They were a class sponsor, um, but they stepped up a lot larger than I thought, and they brought me three brand new helmets to give away at the race. Wow. Uh, that was that nice. wasn't anything we had discussed. That was just something they they had you know seen the growth. Uh, quite frankly, they told me that they had sold quite a few helmets um, to racers that were in our series. Um, so they they felt it was worth the investment to continue giving to the series. Um, you know, we had some larger sponsors too, you know, Noram has been on for multiple years. Um, RLV, it was actually the first time I ever got to meet the guys from RLV when they came to the <laughs> event this time, they've been sponsoring us for four years. It was great to finally put a, put some names to the faces, but they, uh, yeah. they, they've already told me that they're back on next board, uh, back on for next year, uh, cart city performance, you know, Rob Smith over there, he's been, not only is he a great sponsor, but he, you know, he's a good supporter. He's a great sounding board. Uh, he lets us know things that are going on out there so we can make sure we're staying on top of what's going on in the industry. It's um, great to have that. Okay. You know, Target Distributing has been a great sponsor. Briggs & Stratton, of course, you know, they provide the engines. Yeah. They're, uh, you know, sponsorship or not, they're a part of the series, and uh, we're, we're super grateful for what they do. Um, MGM Chassis was new this year, which is awesome to have. We had Michigan Cart Supply. And then last but, you know, certainly not least, we had EK Chain. Um, you know, they were the... Uh, presenting sponsor for the entire divisional program they gave away man i bet we gave away 200 boxes of chain over the course of the year wow that's great um, and of course you know vega tires vega has been you know kind of the fuel that's kept us going over these years uh, they've provided us an excellent tire um I, I that was one of the things we got the most comments about at the grands was there was a lot of people who had never even seen that tire before um and they were extremely impressed with how quickly they were, they were able to adapt their cart to it. Um, and I didn't see a single tire that couldn't have gone a whole nother weekend. You know, I mean, it was wow. just, there was, you know, I, I know Newcastle's an easy track on tires, but that was a lot of laps those guys drove. And uh, every single one of those tires looked like it was ready to go for another lap. You know, to have that kind of backing from the industry that, that people obviously believe in what you're doing. And we do, David Cole and I, of course, supporting it. Just It's just cool to see so many people getting out and having a, and a really good time. Now, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity because we really haven't talked about it because obviously the report's going to be on EKM. But let's give shout outs to the, the actual Grand National Champions, yeah. right? Uh, Logan, Logan Adams on the Comet winning in Sportsman. Grant Zimmerman on the Aero Chassis winning in the uh, Senior Heavy class. Of course, Gary Lawson on the Comet winning in CIK. Uh, Jacob Scheibel on the Emic and Kid Cart, Alexander Searle on the MGM and Junior, Mike Welsh on the MGM and Masters, and Colin Warren on the VLR winning in Senior Media. Those are your national champions, Greg. Um, final thoughts on the 2019 season? You know, 2019 is going to be a good year. Or, or, yeah, keep going. Then we'll go back yeah, to 18. Um, yeah, 2019 is going to be a good year. We've got um, 
we've got some things in the works that, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to come to fruition yet. Um, but not just for the grands, but divisional as well. But uh, we're really going to try to do some things to uh, not only get ourselves some more exposure, um, but the sponsors and the racers as well. Uh, we're going to try to bring some things to karting that haven't been done before or done in a very long time. Um, and we, like we, that. we think that the we, we think that the racers in the market in general are really going to appreciate it. I love it. Now we're about 2018. Can you look back and and say, man, we we picked up some momentum this year. We learned a lot. Is that is that kind of the the theme of potentially 2018? Well, we we learn a lot every year, and we learn a lot more that we don't know yet. Um, sure. You know, there's uh, always things that we can do better, and I we. I think we do a good job at identifying those. I'm not saying we always do the best job at rectifying them, but, um, you know, things went very well this year. We had excellent racing. Um, we had good events across the board. We were graced with good weather. Um, I think we only had maybe one or two races that even had a sprinkle on them all year. So, you know, we, we dodged the proverbial bullet there. Um, and I don't know if we'll get away with that again next year, but that's out of our control. And I think for the most part, the racers understand that, but, you know, the the biggest lesson I think that, you know, I, I don't want to say I learned, but was reinforced this year is that we can't do it by ourselves. You know, having the sponsors involved and quite frankly, having the racers involved. Um, so many of the racers and the families that come to these events, um, they feel like they're a part of this. They felt like they've helped build this. And that attitude is really what has, I think, fueled our growth and kept people, you know, having that you know, atmosphere that you were talking about that we're able to have. Yeah. That's awesome. I, you know what? It Understanding that, that, you know, you are fallible, you're going to make mistakes and you probably learn more from your mistakes than you do your successes anyways, but you guys have done a great job moving forward. Congratulations. Uh, maybe one last uh, offer invitation for everybody to come out and try a cup carts, North America race. next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. You know, um, if you haven't raced with one of our, at one of our events before we do welcome everybody. Um, if you uh, have a cart that's legal to race at pretty much any sprint style track um, in the Midwest or probably in the country, um, it will fit into our rules. The rule book was written to be as accommodating to everybody as possible. Um, doesn't matter what kind of body work you have. We have a class for you to race in. The biggest thing I can tell you that, you know, a lot of times people are intimidated by a new track or a new competitor or a new tire. Um, I think you'll be truly impressed with, how well you can adapt to it, given the package that we've put together with the rules and the classes. And I think you're going to have a really good time because that is truly what it is about. Our, our mission is always to have a competitive, family-friendly, and fair atmosphere. And that is always going to be our, our goal, first and foremost. That's the key, man. That's, uh, that's the winning combination right there. Now, if people do want to learn more about the program, uh, give us the website, give us the Facebook page, uh, wherever else you are on social media so they can follow you. Yeah, guys. Uh, website is pretty simple, www.cupcarts.com. Um, we've been, we're pretty diligent about keeping that website updated. And uh, now that my break is over, you'll be seeing updates coming there very, very soon. Um, <laughs> Facebook, we're also pretty active on. Just look for Cup Carts North America. Um, I'm also told that one of, uh, one of the guys that helps me uh, do some of the social media stuff has created an Instagram page, which I have absolutely no idea what it is or how to use it, but we have one and there's already quite a few followers. So someday my son's going to have to show me how to use that and, uh, we'll get more and more updates on there as well. 
you are a master's driver. You realize that, right? So you listen, you don't you don't have to I mean what I'm saying is you don't have to like like be too apologetic because we don't really expect as much out of the master's drivers. Well, that's that's probably a good thing. I'm uh I, I'm amazed I've figured out Facebook as well as I have. So now that they've thrown another one at as long as there's not a third one, I think I'll be able to manage. Well, let me tell you, I just went on Instagram. It's cupcarts underscore North America. You have 115 followers. You had 114. You now have 115. Rob Howden. Rob Howden Racing, now following Cupcarts North America on Instagram. So we'll let everybody know about that as well. Greg, thank you so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. We had you on before the race. I wanted to get you on afterwards because I wanted to talk about it. And from me and David Cole, everybody EKN, first off, just to, to wrap, congratulations, man. You and your whole staff this sport relies on events like this. You know, the super nationals is something that's really solidified the sport for shifter cart and two cycle guys. It's, you know, the WK uh, race cart week at Daytona so big. You guys have put together a race here right now that we're hopefully going to see for the next 10 to 20 years. You guys have, you put something really important together. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll tell you, David Cole and I looking very much forward to going head to head. I got to lose about 20 pounds. Um, I'm because I'm talking. I'm talking some pretty good trash already, Greg. To be honest, uh, with with David, because over the years, I don't think he's ever beat me on the racetrack. He's been faster on occasion, but he's never beat me on the racetrack. So I still have that at 50 years of age. Well, you know, I've uh, I, I just started myself on a little bit of a diet program, yes. so I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you the inside scoop on what to do there because uh, uh, I, I I myself am not feeling in the shape I would need to be to put my helmet back on. So maybe we can do it together. <sighs> Exactly. I'd, I'd be ready for like four lap sprints. I think that would be about it for me. If I got to run 15 or 20 laps, I may die. So I'll be good. Well, trust me. I got a year. I have almost a full year to be ready for your race and yep. I'll be ready. All right. Sounds good. Thank, thanks a lot, Greg. Folks, that is Greg Jasperson from Cup Carts North America. What a tremendous job he and his staff did putting on what is arguably the biggest four cycle race we've had in the last probably 15 to 20 years here in the U.S. Tremendous run uh, for all those guys and what they were able to do here in 2018. 2019, moving to the first week of October for their Grand Nationals. Put it on your schedule if you have a 206. If you don't have a 206, go buy a 206 and put it on your schedule. It's going to be a tremendous race. And again, big thank you to Greg Jasperson for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network. This was episode number six of Operation Grassroots, where we sit down and talk 206 Briggs Racing. Thank you so much for joining us here on the EKN Radio Network, folks. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, do so. Head to iTunes, Google Play, download the app. It's free wherever you are on your mobile device, 24-7, 365 karting content, the EKN Radio Network. Once again, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Rob Howden. Bye for now.